Um, if you could turn your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 1, and we're going to read verses 3 through 12, and then we'll kind of come back to the point of the sermon, and there are going to be three points. And the first is a living hope, the second is the glory that follows the suffering, and He will return. This morning, I am very happy to be here this with you because 22 years ago, I gave my heart to Jesus. Yeah, amen. And for some of you that are newly starting your faith, you're thinking 22 years. If you're like me, an ex-drug addict that needed Jesus, I was like, man, I'm going to be glad to make it five years. You know, you just kind of have that in your mind. And here I am at 22 years later, and the excitement for me has not died down yet. And so last night we celebrated by a rich avocado cake. Maybe one day we'll make it for you. It's really good. But we celebrated this new birth that I have. And you see, it never grows old for me because the resurrection means everything for us. Because this is what transforms lives. This is, and I'm not going to try to convince you this morning that the resurrection actually took place, because it's in history. It's not something that I have to prove to you, because actually, the dead Jesus actually rose, and then He appeared to 500 of His disciples. Now, either 500 or more of them were very delusional, or he actually showed up. And then we have the authors of the Bible that tell us that we actually held the Son of God. We actually touched Him. We know who He is. We are eyewitnesses that He did raise from the dead. And so this morning we celebrate the hope of all hopes. And you see, all of us this morning have had loved ones that have passed on and have gone to glory for most of them. And that gives us hope today that when we think about today in the resurrection, that death has been defeated, although we will taste the pain of death, is that we will see our loved ones again. And we're going to talk about that in the sermon this morning, is that we still have a hope. And that we can rejoice that we're not like the world who this life, this is all there is. If there is all there is to this life today, I'm miserable. So what I did as a kid, because I, I grew up in, in the South in, in a lot of ways, and we would sing the old songs like, nothing but the blood. And we would sing, all fly away. And so I remember, at least when my children were smaller, I would hold them up and say, all fly away, oh glory, all fly away. Hallelujah, by and by, all fly away. And I'm probably ruining that song this morning, but the hope comes because of what we celebrate today. Now, the theology may not always be there in some of the old songs, but I think we get the point that this life, when this life is over, I have something to look forward to. And as Americans, the movies that we watch and is part of our culture, there's always that happy ending. 
And then I really like those movies as I was thinking about this that have no happy ending. And then leave you with your head scratching saying, that's not a part of my worldview or what I think life is, is there's always a happy ending. But you see, for some of you this morning, although it is Easter, it's Resurrection Sunday, is that you are lacking hope. You're in a situation that you don't know if there is any light at the end of the tunnel. And some people, I never knew this, but they taught me that that light at the end of the tunnel is actually a train coming. I don't know where they got that from. That's a pessimistic view. I didn't know it until I came here to Wisconsin. But the light, there's always a light at the end of the tunnel. And have you ever been in that circumstance where you don't see the light and you're beginning to wonder, Lord, when are you going to show me that there is hope in this situation? Have you been at that time where you felt no hope? where there is no hope. And you may even be there today, but I want you to know the disciples and those that followed Him at this very moment, at least until they saw Jesus, their hope and dreams were crushed. There was nothing for them left. And so if you can imagine those three days that they were waiting not What were they waiting for? They were in sorrow. And then when Jesus did show up, they were surprised. As we thought about it this morning, is that I don't think they really even knew after they saw Jesus raised from the dead, that they really knew the impl- implications was going to take place for the future. And so this morning, we're going to be in 1 Peter, and it won't be a long sermon, but I pray that it is a sermon that encourages you and that gives you hope. Because we do have a lot of hope. So let's read through the Scriptures, and then I'll come back and talk about the Scripture that we've read. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, Because of His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. You are being guarded by God's power through faith for a salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. You rejoice in this, even though now for a short time, if necessary, you suffer grief in various trials, so that the proven character of your faith, more valuable than gold, which though perishable, is refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen Him, you love Him, though not now seeing Him, You believe in Him and you rejoice with inexpressible and glorious joy because you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Concerning the salvation, the prophets who prophesied about the grace that would come to you searched and carefully investigated 
They inquired into what time or what circumstances the Spirit of Christ within them was indicating when He testified in advance to the sufferings of the Christ and the glories that would follow. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves but you. These things have now been announced to you through those who preach the Gospel. To you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, angels long to catch a glimpse of these things. So this morning, I want to talk just for a moment about a living hope. You see, as the Scripture starts out in 1 Peter... And just so we put the Scripture into context, this book was written to a persecuted church. If you go through the first book of Peter, you see suffering is all through it. If I was to challenge you to mark an S, everywhere there was suffering in the book of Peter, it would be S's all over it. And so we've got to understand that. But he says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And it starts out and it says, because of His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. You see, the NASB, the New American Standard Bible, says this very well. He has caused us to be born again. You see, and when I look at Scriptures like this, And I think of what Jesus has done for me. It's nothing that I have done. It's something that He has caused me to be born again. And it's because of this resurrection from the dead. You see, if Jesus stayed in the grave, that would be it. There would be nothing else for us. But often the mystery of a new birth, if you think about it, what makes sense of the new birth? Can you explain to me this morning of what it is to have a life that is transformed through the Gospel and the good news of Jesus Christ? What takes place? Have you experienced the newness of life through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead? You see, I remember my salvation experience is that I was, a, as I said earlier, an ex-drug addict messed up, and I worked for Home Depot at the time, and I have no clue why this took place, because I could care less about Easter at the time. But there was something in me that said, hey, if you're going to make me work on Easter Sunday, I quit. And I don't know why that came into my head. I have no clue, because I hadn't been to church the five years prior to that. But God was doing something in my heart, and I was in Tulsa, Oklahoma at the time, and my twin brother invited me to their church in Fayetteville, Arkansas. And so I left that job, I went to the church, and I had no clue that Jesus was getting ready to speak to my heart. You see, up to this point, I was a hater of God. And I know to say those things are really just not right to say because God is God. But to say that you hate God is kind of bad. But everything in my life up to this point was disappointment. 
you see, I was a pastor's kid. And then at the age of 14, my dad sat down my brother's with my mom and said, I'm leaving. And we didn't really know the implications of what that meant. He walked away from the church. And then he left our family, never to return again. And from that point on, I believed the lie that if there was anything good in my life, that God was going to take it away from me. And if that's the case, I don't want anything to do with the church and God. But, so if you can imagine, coming to Easter Sunday for me 22 years ago, I had no clue. But I remember, I don't remember the sermon spoken, but I remember my heart. Something in it that was saying, you need something more than what you have. And Jesus has it for you, and He wants to give you eternal life. And I remember going forward and crying like a baby and walking and getting up from the altar because we had altars at that time and knowing that my life was transformed by the Gospel of Jesus Christ. Something in me had taken off all the shackles, all the pain, and I was actually light for that, from that time on till this day. I have had a new soul. I have been born again, and Peter tells us that God has caused this through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And you see, because of what Jesus Christ did in verse 4, it says, we are born again into an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled and unfading, kept in heaven for you. You see, because of what Jesus did on the cross, a sinless man dying for a sinner such as you and I, has made it to where there is an inheritance for each one of us. And it's being kept in heaven for us. And then it goes on in verse 5 and it says, you are being guarded by God's power through faith for a salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. So I want you to think about this just for the moment. We talked about the greatest of love this morning already. But if you can think about it just for a moment, that you are in the precious hands of a loving Father, that He is guarding you by His power. That is what the Scripture is saying to us this morning. So if you are in Christ Jesus this morning, the most powerful hand of all is holding you in the grips of His grace. And you see, for some of you, you need to hear that. That the Father is not going to let you go. And it's funny, the longer I've grown in my Christian faith and my life with Christ, the more I see the wretchedness of myself but then the more I see His grace and His mercy wooing His child always back into the grace of His arms and being guarded by His power. 
You see, this morning I have the greatest of confidence. Not in myself or in who I am, but who He is. And then it goes on to verse 6. It says, You rejoice in this, even though now, for a short time, if necessary, you suffer grief in various trials. And this word trials here can mean many things, and for them at the time it was persecution. But for us, it can also be the enticement to sin. To do our own thing. To control our own lives, our own destiny. And what we've heard it said before is that when life gets hard, just take the boots by the bootstraps and pull them up. And what happens when that isn't even good enough anymore? And you see, we suffer for a little while because there's something greater. And that's our faith. You see, Warren Wearsby says this in a quote, and I think we need to hear this this morning because no matter what the world says, the church are not full of a bunch of hypocrites. It says to deny that our trials are painful is to make them even worse. Christians must accept the fact that there are difficult experiences in life and not put on a brave front to appear more spiritual. A faith that cannot be tested cannot be trusted. And you see, this morning we come to the place of saying, my life is not all that it should be. This is really hard. And Peter is telling us, that through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, that our suffering is for a reason. And he's saying that your faith is more valuable than pure gold that has been refined by the fire. And you see it says also that in verse 7, so the proving character of your faith, but also the genuineness of your faith. So you may be wondering this morning, why am I being tested? Why am I struggling? Because God is at work in your life that He is proving your faith so that it will be to His glory and to His honor. And as we talk about the resurrection this morning, I can't think anything more fitting than heaven. And that this life is not all that there is. That I am going somewhere. That once my body is laid in the grave, that that is not the only place that I am going to stay. I will rise again. And Revelation tells us that those streets will be paved with gold. And as a young Christian, maybe you can be entertained just for a moment is I thought about gold and how it's refined in different metals as it's the fire is put under it and the dross, the impurities come to the top. They take that impurity off the gold or off the metal and then that gold or whatever metal it is, it becomes almost transparent. And I was thinking, well, heaven is up there. I've been told that the streets are going to be as gold. And not only are the streets going to be as gold, but they are going to be transparent. 
And so as a young believer, childlike faith, I'm scared of heights. And so I'm thinking here, if the streets are paved with gold, they'll be refined by fire, and then a good friend told me that it'll be transparent. What in the world am I getting myself into? (laughs) And we've heard it on Facebook or wherever. I ain't going to do it. It ain't happening. And so as I'm thinking, whoa, that's a long way down there, my feet start to get a little tingly because I'm scared of heights. What does that have to do with anything in the sermon this morning? Nothing. (laughs) Okay, but my point is, is that this gold is going to be refined. Your faith is the same. That you are being refined this morning for a reason and a purpose. And that your life is to be a glory and an honor and a testament to the work of Jesus Christ on the cross and the resurrected, the empty grave. And so you have hope this morning. And maybe you're going through a time of testing. But I want you to know that your faith is more precious than anything this world has to offer. And verse 9 says this, you are going, because you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls, that is why we can rejoice. And then I think of the old hymns that say, and it goes with verse 8, it is a joy that is unspeakable and full of glory. How many of you guys remember that song? I wish we could sing it this morning, but I won't lead you in that. I'm a terrible singer. But it talks about it as a joy, and we see it in verse 8, that rejoice, we have a joy. Though we have not seen Christ, we love Him. And though not seeing Him now, we believe in Him. You see, there is a point, I don't know where you are at in your faith or why you are here this morning. But I'm telling you, Jesus is real and He is alive. And He deserves everything. And why can we rejoice in that this morning? Is because we know. We have joy that is inexpressible and full of glory. Number two, the point is the glory that follows the suffering. And we see in First Peter, it says in verse 10, it says, concerning the salvation, the prophets who prophesied about the grace that would come to you searched and carefully investigated. They inquired in what time or what circumstances the Spirit of Christ within them was indicating when He testified in advance to the suffering of Christ and the glories that would follow. And you see, I remember turning to my brother, and it was kind of a weird thought as I was thinking and talking to him about Jesus dying a painful death on the cross. And I said, did you know that Christ had joy on that cross? 
And I remember him just thinking, like, that's a sick thought, that somebody could hang on a cross of a painful death and yet have joy in his heart because of what he was suffering. And it says in Hebrews chapter 12 why the joy came. And it says this, Therefore, since we also have such a large cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every hindrance and the sin that so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that lies before us, keeping our eyes on Jesus, the source and perfecter of our faith. For the joy that lay before Him, He endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And it goes back to verse 10 of 1 Peter. It says that they were looking, they were investigating, and they testified in advance to the suffering of Christ, the glories that would follow. You see, when Jesus hung on the cross, He knew what was coming next. There were several things that were coming next. One is that His life would never suffer decay. He knew that although He was going in the grave, that that was not the finished product. The Scripture said that He would not. Then the other point of joy, which has to do with you and I, is that our lives would be transformed. That our lives that were separated as we see in the Garden of Eden because of our disobedience through the one man, Adam, sin and death reigned. But through the one man, Christ Jesus, life would come. And so as Jesus hung on the cross, the point is that He did think of us. And that our lives could be different. And I don't know where you're at this morning, but where are you? Is your life the same? Is your life truly transformed by the Gospel? Is there something in your life that gives you hope that you can wake up in the morning and continue to keep going? Well, I want to give you hope this morning. Is it because Jesus raised from the dead? It gives you an opportunity to experience new life every day. And then the Scripture goes on, and point number three is that He will return. You see, it says this, that our faith in verse 7 So the proven character of your faith, more valuable than gold, which though perishable, is refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus is returning. You see, there are three major religions that kind of take over the world and that are the three largest as you have Jews, Hebrews, and you have um, Islam, and you have Christianity. Do you know that all three hold the truth that a Messiah is returning? 
There are three major religions in this world. You see, for the Christian, Jesus returning is a real reality that He will restore all things and that death finally will be done away with. And in Acts 1, verses 9-11, through 11, and this is after Jesus had appeared to the 500 and others, He says this to them through His Word. After He had said this, He was taken up as they were watching, and a cloud took Him out of their sight. While He was going, they were gazing into heaven, and suddenly two men in white clothes stood by them. They said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up into heaven? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come in the same way that you have seen Him going into heaven. So this morning, Resurrection Sunday, is that we can rejoice. Although in this life, there are going to be momentary light afflictions, there is a glory that is to be tasted. And you see, if you are in Christ this morning, which is the greatest relationship that you can have that is unconditional love for your soul, is that He will return. But if you are outside of the knowledge and out of giving your life to Christ, you too will face Him and He will return. And the truth is that all the world will face Christ. God, And the only way that we have hope before God is if our lives are in Christ. And so as the worship team comes forward this morning, I do want to ask you this morning, Do you have the hope? And you see, so often it's easy to look at our sinfulness and look that we're not good enough to go to God, but I'm telling you, there is only one that makes you good enough to go before the Father. And Jesus made this statement very clear that I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can go to the Father except through Me. And you see, it'd be one thing if Jesus stayed in the grave. But it's a whole other thing that He raised from the dead. Because what He did for us is that He presented Himself before the Father on our behalf. And if He didn't do that... There would be no hope for us today. But because Jesus presented His life before the Father as holy and blameless, now He says, you know what? If you put your trust in Me, 
I am going to present you before the Father holy and blameless and without spot. So how we're going to end this sermon and this portion before we go into worship is that we're going to concentrate and we're going to look to Christ. Because if I was honest with you this morning, I have no hope outside of Jesus. You see, I wish I did. I wish that everything that I did really mattered. And that there's something within me that really makes the biggest of difference. But when I get up and out of bed, it's like, what do I have to hope in? Because so often everything is taken from us. And Jesus says that if you build your life on anything else but Him, it will crumble and it will fall. But Jesus, He's everything to us. And so if you don't know Jesus this morning, my prayer for you and our prayer for you is that you would know Him. It's not complicated. And that if you do know Jesus this morning, our prayer for you is that you have hope. No matter what you're facing today, no matter what trials you've had in life and what you're going through right now, that this is not all that there is. And so as we worship this morning, there will be elders up here that will pray with you if you need prayer, if you want to come forward for prayer. Other than that, you just stay in your pew and as we worship and just meditate on all that Christ has done for you this morning. So please stand with us as we sing.